Are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is everybody? What's good? It's your girl Janan right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that's around the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game and where they are now. So what's happening, everybody? What's good? Happy New Year. I hope your new year is already off to a good start. I mean... I know for some of you guys out there, you're already back at work or back at school. But for us university students out here, especially University of Guelph students out here, we still have a few more days to go. So we're just trying to make the most out of it, as you can imagine. What else? Oh, man. Can you guess what episode it is? It is episode number 50. Five zero. Yes, you guessed it right. Wow, I cannot believe how far we have come with TKO. I mean, if it weren't because of all of your support and all of the love that you guys, TKO Nation, give us constantly. I mean, we wouldn't be here right now. And it's just so phenomenal. It's just so mind-blowing. I mean, yes, 50 is just a number. And, you know, it's just so easy to say it. And I just remember, actually, that we, I think it was episode number 30, that we're just saying, man, 30 episodes, that's a lot of episodes. And now we're at the 50 50th episode, uh, you know, uh, point. It's just, oh man, it's just so mind blowing, and I cannot believe it. And again, I just want to thank you guys so much for um, just supporting us day by day. And also, shout out to CFRU, CFRU 93.3 FM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if it weren't because of you guys, obviously we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have a place to do this. So again, shout out to the real OGs out here, CFRU people, my CFRU family. I love them all. And so, yeah, thank you to everybody. And, um, you know, so far it's been amazing. And let's hope that we, I mean, soon in the future, I know, I know for sure, uh, episode number 100 is going to come and we're going to celebrate it. And episode number 1000 hopefully will come and we'll still celebrate it. And oh man, we, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going strong because that's just how we do it in TKO. So yeah, man, there's that. So yeah, so the first episode of the new year of 2018 uh, it's, it's the 50th episode, and what a great coincidence. I mean, that's just great omen right there. So, you know, you couldn't ask for anything else from the universe, you know, uh, with the coincidences of numbers, and, you know, it's just all good. Uh, we're off to a good start here, okay? And um, so today, I really want to, I mean, okay, you know how people say, oh, new year, new me, uh, blah, blah, blah. But here at TKO, I mean, I feel like we've always been... Uh, at such a great level that even though it's a new year, 
you know, we're we're still going to be the same, but we're we're going to make some minor adjustments, and that is to okay. I know in the past we've mostly like ninety percent of our of our episodes would mostly consist of breakdowns and things like that, but you know, especially as of the end of last year of two thousand seventeen, we started to you know do a, a little bit of motivational um, talking and things like that, and just talk about the philosophy behind um, a lot of combat sports and martial arts and uh, personally I received a lot of great feedback in terms of you know how impactful those things were and that we should just keep going with those things so you know uh, as of this year I just want to continue that that good routine and that good basis and just want to you know uh, dedicate a bit of a uh, you know a little bit of a time that we spend each episode to just talking about the philosophy and, and the background you know just the basis of what real and you know genuine martial arts is so I just want to you know uh, talk about those things more especially as of uh, this year so today okay you might uh, remember that last year <laughs> last year that was like two two weeks ago or like last week <laughs> uh, so last year I promised you guys that I will do like a book review book breakdown critique you could say of the book that I'm reading which is called the Tao of Jeet Kune Do written by my man Bruce Lee so actually yeah I, I actually received a physical copy of that book over Christmas and shout out to my parents you know I I told them what I wanted and they got me um anyway so I I promise you guys I will do like a complete book review book critique of this book and I am going to do that this episode but the thing is okay if you if you read a lot of Bruce Lee's work you will probably realize that his work isn't just just prose that you would just read you know it, it's just it, it's not like anything like oh you're reading a novel blah blah okay uh, you know this page done now I'm reading the next page you know it's not as smooth as that because whatever Bruce Lee writes down there's so much thought and there's just so much depth in every sentence that he writes in any in any of his pieces and especially in this book so you cannot simply just read over a sentence and just you know easily simply move on to the next sentence because you have to go back sometimes even you know two or, or, or three times and deeply think about what he's trying to say to you and he says so many great things in this book so in this book he talks about the philosophy behind real martial arts and um, you know he talks about uh, uh, some principles of buddhism some principles of you know some of the things that uh, people at the Shaolin Temple would uh, probably you know um, y- you know obey and um, you know take uh, take orders from and um, it- it's just a lot of things that you especially you as a modern fan of martial arts wouldn't really think about when you think about martial arts or combat sports I mean yeah normally in the modern day in the modern world when you think about martial arts you you think about um, just MMA and um, you know professional kickboxing things like that you wouldn't really go back and think about all, all of the you know all of the philosophy and the teachings behind those basic martial arts so this book is pretty much what you know all of this book I feel like they're they're trying to Bruce Lee is trying to let you know okay here is the real martial art 
here is what you need to know about what you see on TV or the things that you see out there that are that call themselves martial arts. But this is the real deal here, and this is what you have to know while, you know, prior to watching those things, okay? So Bruce Lee, in this book, he talks about um, emptying your mind and just um, meditating a lot. And um, especially as a martial artist, you have to, you know, um, uh, obey those things and just, um, you know, a lot of the things that he said, I actually realized that there were uh, there were a lot of paradoxes and a lot of... Um, I don't know, man. It's just so, um, I feel like uh, Bruce Lee was such a good, uh, you know, he had such a great understanding of the English literature and he knew how to play around with words and sentences and things like that. So, um, you know, shout out to him because <laughs> I feel like there isn't an, like any other books out there that would, uh, you know, just attend to the topic of martial arts and the philosophy and the and the mindfulness behind it, uh, the way Bruce Lee does in this book. So he talks about the philosophies behind uh, real martial arts. And actually, the thing that he does in this book is that he he tries to dispute, you could say, traditional and um, restricted martial arts you could say so all of those things like Wing Chun's which was Bruce Lee's style before he actually uh, made his own style but okay I will I will get into this in more depth but Bruce Lee so the thing is Bruce Lee after he realized what real martial arts is all about he decided to basically relinquish the previous style that he had of martial arts of Kung Fu, which was Wing Chun, which is a style that is mostly practiced in um, Southern China and Hong Kong. So he decided to let go of that and just pretty much adapt a brand new way, a brand new style, which is called Jeet Kune Do. But the thing is, even though I keep saying it's a style and he pretty much came up with it, the real thing is, it's not actually, a, because Bruce Lee does not believe in methods and he does not believe in a specific style. All, especially in this book, all he talks about is to be formless. Formlessness is a huge part that he is trying to, you know, convey. He's trying to tell you, okay, you shouldn't have a limit as your limit. You shouldn't have any limits as your limit and you should not have any styles as style because in real life say if you actually get into a street fight you you don't have time to get into your form to the proper style that you need to have say that you you know if you if you're a certain martial artist like if you practice a certain style of martial arts and you get into a street fight then you don't have time to get into that specific style and you know uh, get your stance right and um, just um, you know make yourself prepared for that fight you just have to just go at that fight and um, pretty much utilize your martial arts skills. Uh, from the from the very position that you're in, you can't you don't have time to go back to to a certain style and um, have a good stance on you know things like that. So Bruce Lee is just trying to convey that, and he's just trying to tell you, okay, like you shouldn't just um just um uh, just rely on the things that you were being told. I mean, of course, if you're just trying to learn what martial arts is all about, and you're just trying to um you know just learn the basic skills. For example, how to throw a jab or how to how to dodge away from a jab or how to throw a kick, a proper kick. 
you know, you, those things you should you should already know. But when you actually know those things, when you know the basics, then I would say it would be proper for you to to obey the things that Bruce Lee is trying to convey in this book and his own style of Jeet Kune Do. And um, as I was reading through the book, um, I, I'm obviously not done the book because of all those things that I said, because you had to, when you read a certain sentence, you have to go back and try to decipher it and just trying to understand what it's trying to tell you in depth. So because of that, I, I actually haven't finished the book yet, but I will let you know when I do uh, finish the book. But so far, um, Bruce Lee is trying to, you know, he just talks about the philosophies uh, behind all martial arts pretty much and what you need to know as a martial artist just going into uh, the the physicality you could say of martial arts and um, uh, going into the performance part of uh, martial arts you could say and um, he gives you some uh, fitness uh, fitness routines if you actually want to do Jeet Kune Do and um, he, the, the, actually the interesting part of this book is a lot of it comes from Bruce Lee's own um, own um, writing so it's you actually see his own handwriting they just uh, photocopied it onto the book and it's actually pretty interesting and he and bruce lee draws his own diagrams you know if to show how you sh how you should perform a certain move and whatnot so all of those drawings all of those handwritings are actually bruce lee's own so that's a pretty phenomenal thing and um also in his book he talks a lot about you know not just um striking not just grappling but the comment the the bringing in of each element into the mix and just using all of them so he doesn't just like I said there, there shouldn't be any limits to to your fighting style and that's pretty much the whole point of Jeet Kune Do so Yaman, yeah, you know so far it's a pretty good book but I'm not done it yet so I just have to keep reading and yeah it's a pretty phenomenal book I feel like if you're a martial arts fan then I would say this is like the Bible of martial arts, like especially in the beginning when he when Bruce Lee starts off the book by talking about the philosophies behind uh, martial arts. That's the part that you realize, man, this is so similar, especially if you've read the Bible. You're like, man, this is so similar to the book of Genesis in the Bible, like how the Bible starts off and how this book starts off. It's just so mind blowing. And uh, it, 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 it feels like as if he's talking about. And in the beginning, there was this, and and then in martial arts and the philosophy of martial arts, there was that. And the way he describes it, it, it really resembles the book of Genesis in the Bible. So, yeah, just like I said, if you're a martial artist or if you're a martial arts fan or if, you, if you're just a fight fan, I would say this book is a must-have, and you just have to have it in your house and not just a digital copy. You actually have to have a physical copy because that's how I feel like important and um uh, useful this book actually is so yeah man shout out to my man bruce lee it's so sad that we don't actually um he's not with us anymore but his thought the fact that he created this book his thought and philosophies and teachings will always be alive they will be eternal that's what i'm saying yeah because that's how great uh, uh bruce lee's teachings are and um, again, just go out and just give this book a read. And yeah, if you, if you can, just let me know what you think. Because personally, I was really, I was extremely touched by this book. And some of the, especially the philosophical te uh, teachings that Bruce Lee is trying to teach you. So I was 
yeah, that it, it's a really impactful book. So yeah, just give it a read, man. Okay. Anyway, so wow, I talked a lot as always. Maybe a New Year's le- resolution for me <laughs> should be to talk less. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing, especially in, in in the case of this show. But I don't know, man. I just love talking. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, guys. So two nights before New Year's Eve, we had one of the best and most important MMA cards of the year. And yes, I am talking about UFC 219, which was headlined by about a championship bout between Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm. So, okay, if you did not watch this fight card, I don't know what you were doing, but you better have had a, a good reason why you didn't watch this card because this card was phenomenal and I mean this was one of the few cards that I actually started watching uh, from the preliminary fights but I don't think obviously that we're gonna have time to talk about the preliminary fights but all I can say is that they were pretty pretty phenomenal and you know how it is like in the in the preliminary cards usually the guys just give it all they have the guys or the gals sorry I'm not trying to be sexist here but you know you know what I'm talking about they put everything on the line and they don't really care because it's not usually for championship uh, for a belt or something so nothing huge is being on the line but you know these fighters they don't care it's like they just give it everything they have and they just go in there with all they have and they just fight their entire hearts out so usually preliminary cards are actually pretty phenomenal and sometimes even more exciting than the main cards but and yeah especially this time around when i watched the preliminary fights they were actually pretty phenomenal so shout out to everybody who fought on the preliminary card anyways moving on to the main card of this evening and uh, the fight actually uh, the fight card actually started off with a fight between the former interim champion at welterweight carlos condit who was making a comeback after after a year and a half you could say after yeah the last time he fought i think it was in um, late 2015 or 2016 early 2016 so carlos condit was making a comeback um, against a veteran of the sport, Neil Magny, and um, it was a it was a good fight overall. I was personally rooting for Carlos Condit because of um, you know everybody was expecting a great comeback for him, but unfortunately he couldn't uh, he couldn't deliver, and um, he lost through a de- unanimous decision to Neil Magny. And um, you know a lot of the fans were disappointed, but I mean okay the thing is. Come on, man. Carlos Condit hasn't hadn't fought in the Oscon for for more than a year, for even two years. So the ring rust was actually real, and people actually need to realize that, truly understand that. And yeah, so there was that fight, but it was it was a pretty good fight, despite the fact that Carlos Condit lost. The next fight on the card was a fight between two strawweights, two uh, women's strawweights between the former strawweight champion Carla Esparza and the UFC newcomer and new prospect Cynthia Calvillo. So this fight, it was a very close fight, which made it so interesting. So um, bo- both ladies were doing all were doing all they could to win this fight, um, and mostly this fight was a was a, a, a game of striking, pretty much. But Cynthia Calvillo, she was being the better striker. However, even though she was throwing more of the of the strikes that were being overall uh, overall thrown, um, 
most of her shots weren't actually being absorbed by uh, Carla Esparza. And what Carla Esparza was doing was she was actually choosing, picking and choosing her shots. She wasn't throwing a lot of shots, but when she would throw them, they would actually be absorbed by um, uh, Cynthia. And also another thing that Carla Esparza did was she uh, she took down um, Sylvia, Ca Cynthia Calvio many, many times, but she wasn't able to actually keep her, like pin her to the canvas. So Cynthia would actually get back up. But the thing is, Esparza, she would take take her down so many times. So in the eyes of the judges, that was pretty significant, I think. And so overall, even though I personally gave it a draw, um, the judges actually saw it in favor of Carla Sparza, so Carla Sparza won a decision against Cynthia Calvio. And yeah, that was a pretty controversial fight. Um, actually, the next fight of this card, I'm going to skip because I don't think we're going to have enough time to talk about the important fights that actually happened on this card. So I'm going to jump straight to the co-main event of the evening, which was a fight between... My man, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Edson Barboza. Everybody was super excited for this fight because Khabib is one of the best wrestlers, not in, not just in the UFC, but probably in the entire sport of uh, MMA at this moment. And um, yeah, if you if you remember him, he's the guy who used to wrestle with bears when he was a kid. Yeah, this is, we're talking about the same guy here. And Edson Barboza, he's the only guy in the entire UFC who's been able to end fights through uh, leg kicks. So either through, uh, you know, leg kicks to the body or leg kicks to the head. He's the only guy to have ever done it in the UFC. So that's how dangerous of a kicker and a striker Edson Barboza is. Now, coming into the fight, both guys were extremely prepared, and Khabib Nurmagomedov, even though, uh, you know, just looking at his records, he uh, he usually does have problems with weight cuts. This time around, he cut weight pretty, pretty perfectly, and everything was so good. And then, okay, so the fight started, and um, Edson Barboza, he started going right at it with the leg kicks, and um, I feel like, okay, there were, there were because of the shots, the, the kicks were being super, super strong. And I feel like Khabib actually felt the strength and the power of those shots. So Khabib just decided to go for for them takedowns, man, because he had to utilize what he had and, and you know as, as his resources. So he just decided to go straight to the takedowns and take down Esambar Boza. And what Khabib does best is ground and pounding. So that's exactly what he did. So Khabib, even though he... He, he had been hit through kicks to the to the thigh and the calf. He would still take down Edson Barboza, and he would so he would take them take him down and start grounding and pounding. And the ground ground and pounds were so strong that Edson Barboza's face just got busted. And that was just the first round, and he was actually saved by the bell. And uh, you know that was how close the fight was to to being stopped. And you know how just describing how brutal the fight was for Edson Barboza. And the second round starts again. And the third round, too. It's a reoccurring theme. So Barboza, because Khabib is constantly taking him down, Barboza can't really do anything. If the fight was just a stand-up game, then Barboza would have 100% won that fight. And if he had actually, um, you know, 
attempted an early finish or something like that, then Barboza might have been in luck. But that night, unfortunately, that wasn't his night because Khabib just kept taking him down and just kept grounding and pounding him. And that just shows how strong of a fighter and athlete Khabib Nurmagomedov is because to take down someone and to just pin them right there, they just completely dominate over them. Just completely dominate over them through ground, hard and heavy ground and pounds. That just shows how great of a fighter you are. So as you can imagine, Khabib Nurmagomedov won that fight. And apparently he is next in line for that belt. For the lightweight belt against the champion, Tony Ferguson. Or he might get a fight against the notorious Conor McGregor. But we are not sure about that yet. But as long as <laughs> as soon as we get any updates about that, I would le- definitely let you guys know. Because that's going to be an amazing fight so just um yeah keep an eye out for that and now moving on to the main event of the evening for the featherweight title for women's featherweight title we have the champion chris cyborg fighting the former bantamweight champion holly holm and this one was amazing i mean Everybody thought that even though Holly Holm was being the underdog here, she still had a chance. Everybody thought that Holly Holm would still have a chance against Chris Cyborg. And honestly, okay, you guys know I'm a huge Chris Cyborg fan. So I didn't really believe in that. But I still thought that Holly Holm would present the sort of challenges that uh, that uh, Chris Cyborg hasn't really seen before against the recent opponents that she's fought. Anyway, so the fight starts. Holly Holm, um, you know, uh, she's, first of all, it's just a striking game. Nobody's trying to go for takedowns or anything, but Holly Holm is just trying to, she's actually being the aggressor, which is pretty interesting because usually, especially in the fights that Holly Holm has had phenomenal performances in, she's usually been the, the defensive fighter and the counter striker. So for example, in the Ronda Rousey fight that she had and through that fight, she became the champion. Holly Holm was actually being a defensive fighter because uh, Ronda Rousey was just uh, constantly being aggressive towards her. But Holly Holm, through the fact that she was being the defensive fighter, she was picking and choosing and just fighting a bit smarter. But in this case against Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm was actually being the aggressor and she was the one who was trying to attack Cyborg. And that wasn't really a good thing thing because even though she would she would um still you know throw shots that would actually connect to chris cyborg chris cyborg would throw counter punches that you cannot even imagine how strong they were and so because of that when holly Holm actually understood how strong uh chris cyborg's shots were she would try to go for underhooks and just try to close the distance and uh, close the range uh between the two of them so that cyborg couldn't really do anything okay despite all of those things uh i would give the first round the first and maybe the second round to holly home but after that i don't know what happened because maybe she got tired or something and i saw that her one of her eyes were actually shut because uh, of one of the shots that Cyborg threw and uh, Holly Holmes' eye just started swelling up. Maybe it was because of that. But after that, Chris Cyborg was completely dominating over Holly Holm. And even though, yes, Holly Holm was still throwing shots, trying to throw shots, but Chris Cyborg was just on a whole nother level and her shots, the power of her shots was just being so much more than Holly Holmes. And so in the end, 
end, it was it was a tough fight. It was a close fight, actually. But in the end, uh, Chris Cyborg won through a unanimous decision. And I could not have agreed more to the decision that the judges made here. So shout out to Chris Cyborg. Just keep going. Keep going, girl. You're the best. I mean, she's one of the best fighters that we've ever seen in the sport of martial arts. Not just in women. Not just in, in um, you know, uh, the women's field uh, of, the, of the game. But also among some men, she's also super dominant. And so because of that... Shout out to Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm for just um, staying in there, hanging in there, and um, just doing her thing. Just shout out to both fighters for giving us fans, MMA fans out here, a great performance. So shout out to them here. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that was our 50th episode. I cannot believe how quickly we finished that. I mean, yeah, it, it was just so... I guess because I just enjoy talking about those things, uh, the things that I talked about today so much. So I hope you guys enjoyed our episode, our 50th episode as well. So unfortunately, guys, that is all the time we're going to have for today. Aww. But the thing is, you can actually go on to CFRE.ca to catch up with TKO. And what else, man? Until next time. Yeah, until next time. It's your girl Janon right here, and this is TKO. Peace out. Just hey.